Welcome back to the Kingsway Podcast. Welcome. We are catching up a little bit. We've been out of the out of the state, back running around. Yeah, had a great conference. We just uh, we just like recollected, and <laughs> I've been in in five states in two weeks, and I've looked at two other states from a distance, <laughs> and flown over a bunch of other states. I've seen both coasts. <laughs> That's <laughs> yes. not normal. That is wild. And that is not the way I want to live. But my we're life. back and we're gonna summer's here. I mean, it's it's upon yep. us. Um, my kids' last day of school is tomorrow. So Okay, good. Yep. Because the last day of school is very important for me. Uh, I don't have any kids, mm-hmm. but the gates at that school <laughs> right across from the church are open for two or three months straight, and I have a straight shot to church rather than a drive on the street parallel and then turn right and then turn left. Mm-hmm. It's so little. You go work. on Blaze. Do you go on Blaze Street? No, I go on Division. Oh, on Division. Blaze doesn't have any stop signs, though. Blaze has a few, and it's not a straight shot. No, no, no. You need to turn anyways. Blaze, onto Division. Blaze has zero stop signs in between you yeah. and that one. You when still I, have to do the left, right? When I bike, I go down Blaze because nobody's there. You've probably never seen the show Blaze, but it's a kid's show, no. and I sing the song every time I get on it because that's how kids' shows work. Let's Blaze! Like, Let's Blaze! <laughs> yep. Yeah, that it's sounds a about monst- right. It's a monster did, truck show. I didn't need to have seen it to know what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, so I, I just hate that that, I've seen Paw Patrol. that street has control over yeah. me. That's all. Well, that's why we're here, is to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> you're here for the study hour! Sunday, study, study hall. hall. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday! Not on Sunday, though. <laughs> no, but it is right now. No, but uh, I'm excited because this this type of podcast is probably one of my favorite, and it's probably yeah. pretty close to the the heartbeat of what we wanted this to be. Yeah. It's deeper dives, learning, listening, trying to trying to suck everything out of uh, the passages and, and pieces of, of scripture that we can yeah. uh, in discussions and kind of curiosity. I think I said this in the last episode, but um, the whole Bible for sure, but especially the Gospel of Matthew, and honestly, in my opinion, a lot of Joannian writings. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's written by Joanna, but it's written by John. Mm-hmm. Uh, his Gospel, his three letters, a little less, but then his the Revelation according, mm-hmm. that's not how it works. The Revelation of Jesus Christ recorded by John, mm-hmm. whether or not it was John the Elder or John the Apostle, and if they're separate people or the same people. Anyway, mm-hmm. all those books have in common, I said this last episode, that they are like Christopher Nolan movies in that you can read a section and then three days later still just be like looking up theories yep. about why this and that. Down and how, the rabbit hole. <laughs> like they they will go so deep. And I think that's why we decided to do this is because we started to look at Matthew and especially in our discussions for preparation for the sermons, there's just so much you could teach. Yeah. There's so not enough time that that to be very honest uh, is not helpful to the average person. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about this in the first episode of Sunday study hall, talking about Matthew and genealogies, how like the further down you go into like, how all the numbers of the names and the letters and the whatever go down. It never, it never says a new message. It just like stands strong on the same message, yep. but giving it like more evidence almost. Yeah. It's like depth. It said it in more ways. It's depth or like saying it a different way. Yeah. Like reframing it. 
Well, this passage yep. that we're going to look at, or this section that we're looking at, is uh, John chapter, or John, Matthew <laughs> 3, 1 through 12, and it is the call of John the Baptist. That's why yeah. it was him. And it's time. Oh, gosh, I didn't even hold on. I got to <laughs> relook at my notes. I'll explain how this works while you're looking at that. Um, so we preached on John the Baptist as found in Matthew 3, 1 through 12, and at this section of the podcast, I'm going to have Trevor go over his entire sermon from Sunday in 90 seconds. Because the point of this is, like, he preached. You can go back and watch that and get what from the text he was pulling out of it mm-hmm. and how it can apply today. But this podcast is so we can go further than that. But if it's been a minute since you've heard that sermon, or if you didn't hear that sermon, you're just listening to this for the first time. Uh, then you don't know what he preached on. So this is going to give him an opportunity to catch us all up, and then we'll dive deeper than that. So yeah. was that enough stalling? It was good. All right, here we go. This is so hard to do, by the way. I know, I love it. So <laughs> I love that I don't have to do it. <laughs> you make me do <laughs> At it. At least yet. Okay. Three, two, one, go. So to recant, recant, recount recant. The, uh, the sermon, this is a really important figure in the gospels not just in matthew john the baptist he seems to be obviously related to jesus in some way but this is his prophetic moment where he's in outside of jerusalem by the jordan river calling people to prepare the way because the kingdom of heaven is near and it's a beautiful picture of the silence of god from the 400 years before now is being broken by a prophet who is saying that the messiah is coming And in the same breath, he is also condemning the Pharisees and the Sadducees that are coming to see this baptism of repentance. And he uses snakes and trees as kind of what they are. They're a brood of vipers, and they are going to be cut off and thrown away. And snakes and trees should make you think immediately of the garden, right? Or a thousand other men, and even the way Jesus talks about it. But he also is looking like and acting like Elijah, which is a prophet of like high caliber. All this to say, it's this indication that God is about to speak and that we need to be ready to hear what he has to say. And so the conclusion of the whole message was on the idea of like getting yourself into a place where you can recognize and act upon the word of God because God is getting ready to do something and he still is up to and wants to do it now. And tons of connections in Isaiah and cool things, but that was it. Okay. Whew. Yeah, that's it. Golly. You did it. I did it. Uh, I feel like I did it. That was the worst I've ever done, but I tried. Um, you can run 20 flights of stairs in 14 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Summarizing can't, the- can't do this. So much more to that than what I just said. Um, yeah. yeah. But it just kind of walked us through the major points mm-hmm. that John the Baptist is this pivotal figure. There's... Uh, in the way that people think about the old covenant and the new covenant, the old Testament and the new Testament, there's like two sections of what God is doing. I know you can break down so much more, but Mm -hmm. super basic two sections of what God is doing. And John the Baptist is like the first glimmer of light of that second thing that God's going to do. Yep. And I, I love this. This section was actually extremely complicated because John the Baptist, there's so much you want to talk about. There's so much you want to talk about because it, it's it's intentionally, I think, vague because they don't Matthew doesn't want you to have to sift through a bunch of information that doesn't matter. Luke sometimes includes a lot more details yeah. that are just 
just for the the reader to, to recognize that he actually saw it. Like he but actually Matthew's touched. A, while while Matthew's an outsider mm-hmm. by choice, mm-hmm. he's an insider by culture, and so yep. Matthew either he's leaving out extraneous details or he's assuming you know them. Yep. Luke is an outsider. Mm-hmm. More way more so than than yeah. Matthew. And so when you read John, and Luke's the one who includes the yeah. uh, John the Baptist and. Uh, Jesus in the womb and their moms talking to each other. And there's, and that, see, but those are the types of stories when you read and, and you recognize that John the Baptist is in all four gospels and there's lots of little details and little yeah. things. And, but then there's all these things where you're like, okay, cool. So he, so he jumped, he jumped in the womb, but does he still know who he is now? Yeah. You know, we had a whole discussion on that where yeah. it's like this weird, like tension where you're like, cause then Jesus is going to show up. We'll talk about it more next, you know, this next sermon, but mm-hmm. in the next study hall episode, but you're wondering like he's not just out there going like God told me he's coming. He's like, no, no, no. I've met him. Like yeah. I know yeah. who he is. Like I'm not just out here kind of like, oh, God me a vision. It's like, no, no, no. I've 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 seen him. And so yeah. in a lot of ways, we don't know if that's what he's doing. We don't know if he remembers that he's seen him. Uh-huh. It's it's the same like when uh I was at my home church and my mom would be like, Hey, do do you know this person, first name, last name? I'd be like, No. She'd be like, well, she was your Sunday school teacher when you were four. And yeah. I was like, let me reiterate, no. Yeah. I have no memory of being four years old, yep. especially not like people's faces. But that's yeah. but that's the thing. It When you take this and you blow it up, you're like, but was he around Mary and yeah. Jesus more? Did their families live this, close together? These are not huge towns. Yeah. These are small towns Which, that knew everybody. To be fair, Mary and Joseph had to move around a lot. They had to move to Bethlehem and then flee to Egypt mm-hmm. and then back to Nazareth. But, like, did they stay relationally connected? Did Jesus grow up going to potlucks and family gatherings, whatever, with... John the Baptist. Yeah. And so that, we don't yeah, know. We don't know that. And But it it really... it I'd never thought about those questions yeah. before until we got into those discussions. And yeah. those things are just picking up little pieces in my head and I'm like, which oh, the chosen, goodness. the the TV show about Jesus that we talk about all the time, mm-hmm. which we should probably review another episode at some point, by the way, this is a great time to tell you yeah, uh, in front of God and all these witnesses uh, that the last episode we recorded, I, it got deleted. No, right, not, not right. on YouTube. We recorded a whole episode and then I was deleting stuff off the camera I said it got deleted. What I mean is I deleted you it. You deleted our episode. <laughs> so it's only audio or we redo it. Nah, anyway, audio. Okay. We'll do audio. Uh, anyway, we'll put that at some point. But uh, what I was trying to get at is the Chosen takes the position, assuming that they grew up together. That so they at every least knew time, each other. Mm-hmm. Every time they see each other, they're like so familial, so yep. like friendly and familiar and, and all those things. Anyway. You thought this was coffee? No. It's a Coke. Um, it's fizzy coffee. So I, I think that's where m- my imagination was coming from, was seeing how they interacted yeah. on The Chosen, and I was kind of like, I had never yeah. thought about that before. And what The Chosen is doing is saying, this is a possibility. Yep. We're going to take the stance for the sake of the story that this is true. And I but we don't like... I think it's the easiest to to go, this is probably what it was like. Yeah. But I don't think it's like, we don't know it for but sure. But it got me asking the question and you asking the mm-hmm. question like, how much did they actually know each other? And the, so here's the cool thing, though. So John the Baptist shows up, and I want to actually read this a little bit because it is kind of yeah. cool. He says, repent for the kingdom that comes near. Uh, this is what the prophet Isaiah says. A voice calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight his paths, uh, make straight the paths for him. Now, Isaiah 40 is where that's from, and I love, this was always taught to me 
like a excuse me it was like a major like repent like you're gonna be killed yeah. you're gonna die it, you know it always gave me the vibe of when i hear stories about the great wall of china they're like had all these people working on it and if you died we threw you in with the cement that's that's the vibe yeah. i got from make straight the paths lower the mountains raise up the valleys i i had this 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 feeling that like at any cost, yes. God will kill you to do it. And, like, it, and it's like, like this serious. scary, brooding. And then yeah. you go and read Isaiah 40, and the first words of Isaiah 40 are comfort, comfort, comfort. And you're like, yeah. wait a second. I feel like I've been lied to. Wait, I feel like I never got that. And the whole point was prepare the way because comfort is coming. Prepare the way because God is coming to reclaim his bride, like, yeah. to come and get what he loves. God is coming to do a good thing. Yes. But if you are not on God's side, it could be a scary thing mm-hmm. for you. But God is not coming just to, like, start swatting everybody. For those that are for God, it is going to be a great day. Like, yeah. it's going to be a great day, and he is coming not not with – it's the triumphal entry. He yeah. is going to come and do something amazing. Yeah. But it's not going to be with the sword. And it's not going to be a conquering army. It's going to be in loving sacrifice. Yeah. And so it's this first indication that maybe God's up to something different than a conquering army like Joshua. Yeah. And it's just wild. Yeah. And, and to me, it, it really helps me see that the tone of the gospel isn't up and down. It is, it is the same the whole way through. Yeah. Because the exact thing that you expect God to be doing for the nation, he does for the <laughs> Prop the people that are supposed to be representing him, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, yeah. they get the white hot, like yeah. anger. Like yeah. two verses later, you would think the people that God would be most happy with, he's like, Oh, by the way, you look a lot like the thing that caused this whole problem. Yep. And also, you are not you are eating from the wrong tree. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. trees and snakes. And so when he turns and he says that to the Pharisees, I was just listening to uh, a sermon that talked about what John the Baptist is doing is what they should have been doing in the temple, but he's doing it in the Jordan. And he's mad at them because they crossed the Jordan to create the temple. Yeah. (laughs) And now he's having to repent people in that place, and they're misusing the very thing that God gave us the yeah. tool for repentance. And so it's it's his anger is because he has to do it where he's doing it and they're not doing what they're supposed to do where yeah. God designed it to be done. Yeah. And so it's this like wild like in the way it was taught to me is like he has to go outside of the garden that God created again to repent to get that fixed. It's it's all yeah. over. It's like you've eaten off the wrong tree, you've set this up again and it's just an intensity that's like wild. And you want to talk about a crazy rabbit trail. You were talking about this yeah. earlier. Trees and snakes. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. All over the place in the Bible. Just Google it. Google it. Trees and snakes in the Bible. And yeah. it is like, I mean, it's in Jeremiah a ton. Um, but it it is it is just a constant. And there's a couple examples of snakes being a little different usage. One, of course, is Moses and when the people are getting yeah. bit by a snake and he puts up the you know, and then Jesus himself actually quotes himself being that yeah. um, thing, which is like a wild section of. But again, it was just looking up snakes and trees where you're like, yeah. this imagery is in here all over the place. Yeah. Um, snakes seem to have pretty general like opposition to God. Yeah. 
Like that's the the enemy almost. But it's not like brute opposition. Mm-mm. So the general snaky vibe <laughs> is uh that they are wise. Uh what what's that part of the gospels? Wise as serpents, gentle as doves, or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they have this they have this demeanor, uh this caricature of being wise and smart, but but sometimes like they're out mm-hmm. for your bad. Yeah. They're looking for the worst for you. And they're gonna f- they're not gonna do it by like clubbing you over the head. They're gonna do it by looking for a loophole, by by catching you off guard, by bringing up something secret that nobody knew, like like these very calculated tactical kind of whatever. Um and I mean, it's the first example of the snake. I mean, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. He uses the very words of God yeah. and manipulates them. So there are some general, I, I don't know that I want to make this connection super strong, mm-hmm. uh, but there are these general names for the adversary of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of you will hear that and think Satan. Mm-hmm. And you're probably maybe sort of right, mm-hmm. but some of these ideas develop over time in the Bible. And so the earlier uses don't necessarily mean exactly that, yep. or they're a little separated. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have Lucifer as one of those names, which mm-hmm. just means light bringer, light giver, light lighty person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like one or two places. They get it from the bright morning star, which is also a name given to Jesus or God or, mm-hmm. or somebody. And it comes from Latin, and so that's like not a great name for it. But Satan is from the Satan, which is the accuser. Mm-hmm. And accusers aren't always evil people, but they're usually very wise. So think like uh, uh, lawyers, yep. um, the the people who are coming at you. Yeah, mm-hmm. prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Prosecuting eternities. Eternities? Prosecuting attorneys. Yep. Uh, they don't live forever. Um, <laughs> they Sorry, that's so dumb. Uh, they have a job, and we would consider it morally good mm-hmm. in the right hands, but highly dangerous. Very difficult. You don't want an evil prosecuting attorney. No. You So it's like... It's a job that has to be monitored, but it's like they're out there to accuse people and to see if it sticks and to hold it and like let the law be done, hopefully. Well, but if they turn out bad, they're yeah. like letting their own will be done. Well, and their accusers, you know, Satan has a, the Satan, the accuser, has a great case against humanity. Like we've done a lot of really crappy things. So, rock like, solid. It's not like even one of the things that you're saying is not true. It's just that, that Jesus yeah. is teaching and talking about what's more true. Yeah, you know, it's like, and I think I think why I like that the the imagery is so powerful. I think imagery speaks hard. We were listening at that conference just a couple weeks ago, and they were yeah. talking about the restrict the restriction of words. Yeah, like how words have restrictions. Anytime you have to take something that God is planting in your heart in a way, or moving in your in your spirit, or or, or teaching you something, and you have to explain it to another person. Or try yeah. to talk to them, and it's like you find words have limits. You haven't been able to simmer it down to words yet. Yep, and yeah. I, I feel like that's why imagery yeah. works so much better sometimes. It was about ten years ago that I was explaining the, this to somebody, and I was trying to explain how why I liked like Daniel way better than I like any of Paul's letters, and I was like, none of them are stories. They're all like, don't sin. Yep. Uh, but then when Daniel talks about that same thing, it's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or it's or it's the uh, like mm-hmm. not not all about don't not sinning, but 
or it's the giant statue with the four or five materials and yep. it's whatever. And it's all these vivid pictures rather than just words. Yeah, that gets me so, so much deeper than, and you see that in, uh, with David and the whole, um, like prophet Nathaniel mm-hmm. or Nathan or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You are, you are that, that man. man. You are that man. Yeah. You sinned. Well, and, and I think that's why Jesus is such an intentional, uh, an, an incredible teacher is because when he teaches, he teaches with parables, which are basically stories yeah. or modern day visuals. You, you, Jesus speaks parables, but you watch them. Yes. Just like somebody wrote a book, but you watch the story in the book. Like when it's a good story, it, it becomes a movie in your head. You picture it. You feel what they feel. You're not just looking at the letters that make up the words. And you see that in the art. Yeah. You see that in the art. That I mean, there's some of yeah. the best paintings ever have been off of parables, off of these powerful yeah. stories. Um, and they, 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 they realize words cannot express what a yeah. picture can. There was this painting. I mean, what's that? that? Picture's worth a thousand words, yeah, right? I mean, exactly. Mm-hmm. There's this painting of Jesus. I'm going to never find this in my life. But one of my Bible college professors had it in their classroom. There's this painting of Jesus that looked like a little disfigured, a little odd, and he explained it to us one day. He was like, the reason it looks odd is because Jesus, across, like like you draw a line from the top to the bottom of his body and cut him in half, uh, half of his features are feminine and half of his features are masculine. So he had two hands up here doing whatever, and one was like, like like fifty year plumber, yeah. Uh, like fickle farm hands and whatever, so powerful veiny hands. And the other was like a little dainty. And he had two eyes, and one was like this big iris, and it was just jet black. And the other was like like smaller and lighter and green. And he was like, what they're trying to communicate in this is that uh, Jesus is holding together the best parts of humanity from both sides, full power and yet full gentleness mm. and full whatever. And so, like, like talking about that, it's it's one way to talk about how Jesus is holding these two things in tension, how he doesn't use his power for his own gain, how he whatever. But you can you can hear that said in oh. the epistles. They'll just say a statement that's like, he wasn't mean. Or, or like full of grace and truth. Yeah. You know, like and that. that's something. But that picture was like it. It like stops you in your tracks. You're like, uh. Oh, and I mean, that's I think why when John Baptist uses these two words, you know, and he basically yeah. says like, you know, it's, he doesn't say trees. He says you, you know, prepare. You're being trimmed, and you're going to be thrown away. But it's it's a limb of a tree, and it's talking about what you're attached to. And of course, we're talking about in Revelation. There is the tree next to the water yeah. that provides healing and all this stuff. And, and it's the same as the tree of life in the in the garden. And yeah. Shane Wood's book Between Two Trees is where Jesus is going to find himself. And, yeah. you know, connecting both. But I think when he uses these things, he is attaching that imagery to what they're doing. And it it really yeah. had to resonate with the people that are watching this go down. And it really was like a really intentional way of he's not coming at him and going like, why aren't you doing repentance stuff at the, you know, at the temple? Like, why wouldn't you be doing the same things I'm doing? He's literally just coming at him with the imagery that has been a part of the brokenness yeah. that they're in from the beginning. He's like, the reason we're making the path straight was because of snakes, yeah. you idiots. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and now it's like, and you're supposed to be a part of the branch of Abraham that is going to save the nation, and you are not. You are broken off. You yeah. are worthless. And But this comes shortly after, mm-hmm. like a chapter or two after, 
Matthew talks about Jesus' lineage and he starts with Abraham. Yep. To show that, like, I, I really wish I knew this right now. I don't want to look it up. Um, but, like, in one of the Gospels, somebody says, uh, some Jewish leader is like, are, but we're the children of Abraham. And Jesus or somebody else is like, I, I could make children of Abraham out of these rocks, you dummy. <laughs> you dummy. Because like, <laughs> yep. it's the whole... The whole of what God is doing in the Old Testament after like the first 12 chapters is trying to set aside and bless and prepare a group that will go out and be the blessing for the whole world. And that's honestly what he was doing at the very beginning. He had one group that was going to go make the rest of the world Eden. This little location was the Garden of Eden. It was paradise. And the rest of the world was vegetative, but unpurposed, untamed. They're going to go out and actually bless so much more than just them. Yep. And they messed it up, and God's picking up the pieces for him. And then Abraham is the next guy in the line who he's like, I'm going to set you aside, and I'm going to work on you and bless you, and through you all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Yeah. And what's happening is this chosen people of God, this blessing plant, this tree, is rotten in places and withered in places and all snarled and whatever. And and this tree language is used a bunch. Jesus uses a ton of vegetative language yep. of, I'm going to cut off the dead branches. I'm going to cut off the branches from the vine that don't produce fruit. Mm-hmm. All, these, all these things and throw them in the fire. But then at the same time in other places, I think I may have mentioned this on the last episode, uh, in like Romans oh, 9 through 11 or something like that, and maybe 2 and 3, uh, it talks about um, the difference between the Jews and Gentiles and them, them being Grafted in the family in. of God and how he's going to graft the Gentiles in. Mm-hmm. That's full tree language. It's full tree language. Yeah. Well, and I love, you know, he does the vine, of course. Yeah. I am the branch. You are the branches and I am the, you know, I'm yeah. the vine. And, th- and <sighs> one last thing, trees yeah. and vines are also Garden of Eden imagery. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean. Bearing it's, fruit. It's basically the thing that caused you to leave the good garden. I mean, that's basically what he's saying. It's like yeah. you've, you remember when we got thrown out? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was because of snakes. Guess what you're doing? Guess what's going to happen to you? Like, I mean, yeah. it, it is. it could not be more clear. And th- th- I guess where I want to transition to kind of conclude this this uh, thing, and we could talk about this for another 30 minutes to an hour Absolutely. easily, but the cool part about what is kind of being set up here is the kingdom of heaven is near. Yeah. And, like, when you're like, okay, what's that? And in my mind, I was always thinking, oh, so, like, we're going to go to heaven. But the truth of the matter is heaven comes to us. Yeah. And it's in the form of not a place, but a person. And we were just talking with somebody yesterday about this. And yeah. it, it it's really important to see the difference between not heaven and heaven Yeah, is not... Anywhere we go. I think a, a way that I feel better about phrasing it is uh-huh. not heaven is not a place, it's a person. But heaven is not a place, it's a proximity to a person. Yes. Heaven is a location or a, or a, a place that you're at. Mm. But uh, heaven moves wherever God is fully revealed. Heaven becomes wherever God is. That's yeah. what I will yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like... It's the same thing you're saying. Yes. Yeah. And so in my mind, that is a hopeful reframing and the, the, the best way to think about this, the best way to think about this is 
imagine a vacation or the best place you could possibly think about going right now and having whatever you want, sitting on the beach, in the mountains, yeah, you know, at a restaurant, wherever. And now just imagine being with complete strangers and doing that. There's some extroverts in here that are like, I can make it work. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not me. And then imagine just being alone. And very quickly, that just, it's fun for a little while. And some people are like, yeah, I could take a book or whatever. But the memories even aren't the same. You can't recant them you, or recount them. I said that twice now. We can recant them. What recount, does recant even mean? Recant means I, I, I pull, take, back. I take back whatever I've said. Um, yeah. you can't, you can't remember memories with them and laugh. You can't yeah. talk about it. You can't, you can't enjoy the moment again. You can't speak about how beautiful the mm-hmm. sunset was or how soft the, the sand was on your feet or how beautiful the sunrise was. Like you, you can't describe the food in a way that they remember the taste. Um, and I think very quickly you realize like you can be in some of the most beautiful, best places in the world. And if you're not with people that you love and care, then it very quickly becomes a prison, not a palace, not a paradise. Yeah. And I think for me, that's what I read in this is that we, we are missing someone as much as we're watching this place, not be always the paradise we need. I think this place becomes the paradise with the right person. Yeah. And I think it changes everything. It's very similar to how you can be in the worst situation in the world, but as long as you're with somebody you care about, you can almost make more memories. And that's why when we were talking about heaven, that same conversation from the other day, uh, it's not a place, but it's a proximity to a person. Um, I, one of the most convicting questions I've ever heard about our faith is uh, if you, if your vision of heaven doesn't have God physically there, is it even heaven? Mm-hmm. I remember my one of our professors at Ozark asked, "What is in? What are you most excited about in heaven?" And went around the room, and everybody said things. Nobody said Jesus. Yeah. And I remember it was like everybody was like, "I'm so excited to see my grandma. I'm so excited yeah. that I can fly. I'm so excited <laughs> I could, you know, whatever yeah. that was." And we were all like 19, 20 years old. Yeah. And like by the end of it, he's like, "I want to just." point something out y'all just assumed jesus was going to be there but none of you were ready or wanting or anxious to see yeah. him and we were all just like and okay let me <sighs> ask what what year was that freshman year freshman year like calendar year it's probably 2005 okay or six oh okay. i'm old so I can only imagine came out after that. So I'll yeah. give him a pass. Uh-huh. But <laughs> yep. Um. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, uh. it was one of those like moments where I like you're saying, it's, yeah, it, it's helpful to remember that a lot of times when we're in pain, alleviation of pain is all we want. We don't care who's around. We don't care the proximity. Yeah. And so when you get in so much pain, then you're just like paradise is just painless. <laughs> like that's yeah. all it is. I just don't want the pain anymore. I don't, yeah. I'm not thinking about a person. I'm not thinking about, you know, proximity. I just, yeah. I don't want the pain. And that's easy to sometimes recognize. But I think that's why this passage gets so mis because the the people are in pain. They're coming out there in repentance. They're coming out there hurting and wanting to heal and wanting to be right with God and hoping that yeah. this is how it is. And 
he reacts so strongly because he sees that. John Baptist sees that, and he sees what the Pharisees are doing, and it just breaks his heart because it breaks the heart of God. Yeah. And the funny thing is, he doesn't give them more rules. He doesn't give them more. He just says, prepare the way. Comfort, comfort, O Israel. God is coming to, to take away the sins of the world and the consequences of that sin. And he will dwell with you, Emmanuel. I mean, he's yeah. coming. And this is the first time that God's talked in 400 years and to have such a soft, amazing, personal interaction through a prophet is amazing. Yeah. I, it's just, it's really, really, really cool because you know there has to be some people in the crowd going like, yeah, tell them. Tell them they've been screwing this up for 400 years yeah. and, and we're ready for something different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but then the same people are going to murder Jesus three years later. Yeah. They're going to put him back on the cross and they're going to be like, yeah, it's not who we wanted. And you're like, uh, you know, and so there's just so many tie-ins to this that, and I'm so excited to talk about the next section because the next section is only five verses and it, it's probably, but it's, we could have a longer <laughs> Oh my gosh, that, that one's going to be mighty long and it's, it's really good. Um, and you'll cut, you need to come back and watch that one. You really do. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts? What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, all I want to say from this point, mm -hmm. um, all I want to add to this is, um, there's this this idea that at least through chapters uh, seven, eight, nine ish, that Jesus is Israel, that everything he's doing, Matthew is framed in a way to make it clear that he is retaking the steps of Israel. Yep. So mm -hmm. the genealogy, of course, uh, talks a little bit about that. But then um, there's a there's a bunch of stuff earlier following a light from God in the sky. <laughs> it's like following the pillar of fire mm -hmm. at night and uh from fleeing, a distant place yeah. to another place yeah yep. called out of whatever mm -hmm. and then flee to egypt and flee back mm -hmm. even though it's backwards it's the same idea mm -hmm. going to egypt and and coming out and, yep. and fleeing and whatever and uh in the next section we're about to get to israel crossing the jordan yep uh or or the red sea mm -hmm. it's but crossing a place into the promised land yep um but this moment right here with john the baptist Number one, it ties to a ton of prophets. Mm -hmm. uh, so you could easily talk about Jeremiah and some other people. Or even Elijah. Elijah. Mm -hmm. um, which, uh, ooh, who's in Second Kings? Which prophet is that? Uh, is it in my, I think it might have been in my outline. Elisha. Elisha. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, uh, the, he's healing. He's healing. He's having people wash themselves from mm -hmm. leprosy. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry. He's having people wash themselves in a baptism of repentance. But that does kind of look like Second Kings five, Naaman healed of leprosy, where yeah, even somebody on the outside is uh, struggling with stuff, and from a distance, a prophet, which you're gonna see Jesus do this a lot, just from a distance, he's like, yeah, go and do this, and you'll be fine. Yeah. And uh, yep. <laughs> like he's yeah. over email, mm -hmm. like he's telemedicine right here, and over email, pretty much telling him like. Hey, you just need to go bathe yourself in this water. Um, water has all these different connotations in scripture. And honestly, liquids have all these different connotations. Sometimes if it's the sea, it's chaos. Mm. But if it's rivers, sometimes it's more life-giving somehow. Life, yeah, usually. it's more like life. Mm -hmm. Water, just like fire, there's a place where it can sustain your life and help you beyond measure. And there are places where it can end your life real quick. Oh, and it can and be no deep and, and you're powerless out of yeah, control. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it definitely has 
which most things in nature have that, right? Yeah. We're like in when yeah. when we do our job and we <laughs> maintain it, you know, it's ever. But have you ever been around something that's been reclaimed yeah. by nature? You know, it's like you give it enough yeah. time and it just, just like he's gone, just pulls it back in. You know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so you're you're about to watch that theme come out. Oh yeah. But profits and liquid. Profits and water usually, but sometimes oil, like for mm-hmm. making bread. Like also Elisha, when he multiplied that, whatever. Uh, and Elijah, when he called down the, he put water on the fire, yeah. and then he burned it all. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah, 100%. There's, you're about to watch that happen. I don't want to say, mm-hmm. I don't want to make more connections to that. But uh, just uh, keep an eye out for that. Profits and water and all that stuff. I think I think what what's so cool about Matthew is he's building this, and you're going to even hear us say this in the next one, but we go from kind of a dream communication to distant communication yeah. that seems to be like pretty like GPS coordinates, you know, yeah. through whatever, through a link, to uh, now an actual voice coming out of another person. That's be- yeah. And then in the, in the next one, we're actually going to hear God really speak. Yeah. And, like, that's going to be good. To be honest, if you want to tie this to the moment in the mm-hmm. Israel story, yeah, uh, John the Baptist is being the mouthpiece for God mm-hmm. in the way that Moses to mm-hmm. Pharaoh yep. and also Aaron a little bit was the mouthpiece for God saying, hey, this is about to happen and you need to buckle up. Yep. You need to get on board or get out of my way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it hasn't happened yet. Nope. It's like the first time Moses said, let my people go. And he's like, no. And they just uh, went to Taco Bell to talk about it. <laughs> and uh, we're like, yeah, I don't know. That was what a good try. <laughs> I tried really hard. <laughs> anyway, okay. Did you see our snakes eat his snake, though? That was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. we're Bible nerds. Well, this has been awesome, and honestly, love love any communication you guys want and anything you didn't understand or you want more yeah. or you have a question about, this is the place that uh, feel free to text us or, or email us, uh, reach out. We want to help you understand the gospel of Matthew. That is the yeah. goal of this, and we don't know everything, and we're still learning, and when we, we might have to make addendums or recant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we might need to recant a few things. <laughs> but but uh, we're, we're excited to continue on this journey, yeah. and we hope you will. You can hit subscribe to follow. You can share this with friends um, if you find it helpful or you think it would be good for them to learn and grow. Um, as always, um, you can uh, leave a review on uh, the mm-hmm. podcast. That helps a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you back here soon. Um, have a great and glorious day in the Lord. We'll see you later. See you.